for joining us today for This Needs to be Said. We're going to get started with our conversation in just a little while with our special guest, Joseph Canty of the Chris Canty Foundation. And they have a golf tournament coming up, and he's going to let you know who it supports. Um, It is a charitable event, and you don't want to miss this, something in the community. Of course, we have Darren Marla coming up with Daily Dose of Weird News, and Ms. Lois Powers will be here shortly with Current Event Poetry. And we don't want to miss what's been happening in the past week in the world of politics. Things are always developing, so you don't want to miss that. So just sit tight, and we're about to um, take a short break, and we'll be back, and we'll get started. Thank you. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. But a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know, that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. 
What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, you want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs and they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on each. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish.
Listen to me, you're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. What a way to get our Monday started off. Miss Lois Powers is coming in just a little while. But in the meantime, head on over to thisneedstobesaid.com. We have some free class offerings over there. We're going to be talking about things that will help you personally and professionally improve your world, to make your world a better place. So we're talking about credit. I think someone's making, um, showing you how to make deodorant without aluminum in it. So all of you naturalistas out there, you want natural hair and natural products, there's somebody that's going to teach you how to make your own natural deodorant. We also have someone that helps you ace that interview. Get the job that you want, how to show up and be the best version of you so that the person so, – so basically you'll be turning down interviews if you want to. So you walk in and know that you own it if you want to. Those are just a couple of them. And, of course, we have relationship uh, classes that are coming up. All are free. Go to Catalog of Courses or Course Catalog. I keep wanting to name it something different. Course catalog on the this needs to be said dot com website. You don't want to miss this. We're offering these free courses for you because we want to make your world the best world it can be for you. That's our investment to you. North and south, they're both the best But I only want to go there as a guest Cause I love being here with you I love the sea, I love the shore I love the rocks and what is more You and they may never be apart Cause I love being here with you Singing in the shower, laughing by the hour Ooh, I love it when you say my name I love the white, fine cuisine And the light, I love the scene But baby, if you know just what I mean I love being here with you Let it go, carry friends, ooh, ooh, start there. 
You know we love supporting independent artists. That's Gigi Mack, and she loves singing uh, jazz music, and we've interviewed her, and that song cover that she did was I Love Being Here With You. I definitely, when I'm thinking of old school jazz, that song definitely puts me in the mind of it. Not the smooth jazz, easy listening kind um, of jazz. So that was the first song we played by her after I interviewed her several weeks ago. So if you want to find her on Facebook, Gigi Mac, G-I-G-I Mac. So you want to go and follow her if you're into jazz. And we support all genres of independent artists here, whether it's spoken word or it's soft rock, hard rock, R&B, hip-hop, and jazz. We, we we play it all, spiritual music as well. We're getting ready for Miss Lois Powers with current event poetry. So get your ears ready and get your pen handy because she's going to tell you how to get copies of her work. Hey, Miss Powers, how are you? Fine, thank you, Catherine. How are you? I am wonderful. And I, let me, hold on one second because I got your background music. I, my fingers aren't going as fast as my mind is. Okay. I'm ready to hear what you got for us, so give me one second. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> All right, we're ready. Now we're, we're ready. ready. There okay. you go. Boston Farmer's Fate. You snuffed out the life of an eight-year-old boy. He weighed only 69 pounds. He was light, light as a feather. He didn't have a clue that his young life was getting ready to be blasted to hell from a scumbag, scumbag like you. Many, many innocent lives were lost that fateful day, including your brother. You still show no remorse as you sit in court day after day, waiting to hear your fate that's coming, that's coming your way. The defense team is trying to spare your worthless life because you're so young, but you show no regards for others. No regard for human life. You fully participated in this hideous crime. You can't ship all the blame on your brother. God gave you a conscience. God gave you a brain. We're waiting for the jurors to decide your fate. The almighty God is the only one that can forgive you of your evil and malicious mistakes. Many people lost limbs thanks to you and your dead brother. Maybe when you spend some time in jail, you'll have time to reflect on your past. Ask for forgiveness. Show some remorse that's long overdue. Show compassion. This is what we need. This is what the country is waiting with a bated breath to hear, to hear from you. Next poem is Cold-Blooded Murder. Walter Scott's life was taken unnecessarily by a police officer on April the 8th. Scott had a broken taillight, which caused him to lose, to lose his life. Officer Slager, you shot an unarmed black man eight times because he was running, running for his life. The black man's life was of no value to you. You consider yourself a hero, a hero doing his job. Liberty and justice. Liberty and justice will be your fate. You let your emotions and hatred for the blacks steal your future <clears throat> and your fate. 
your conscience. Your conscience will beget you many, many sleepless nights. A black man ran. The monster and meanness came out of you. Officer, officer, you shot this defenseless man eight times. Eight times? Eight times in the back. Your wife is carrying your first child. What a tragedy for your wife and you. You will not be able to witness this miraculous event, all because of your hatred and stupidity for black. You're now in jail associating with criminals, criminals who have a common bond with you. Shot eight times, eight times, eight times in the back. Cold-blooded murderer. Next poem is A Woman. Hillary Rodden Clinton. It took a woman back in the Bible days to bring forth a savior to save the world. In this day and time, it will take a woman to clean up the mess that these men have created for all the rest. They have created useless disputes, wars, wars, and more senseless wars. They have ignored the creator who created them from dust. But they call on him when they're stuck in a rut. In this day and age, we could use a good woman who is willing to fight, to unite and bring our lives back in harmony. A good woman knows how to nourish and knit lives together. She knows how to clothe and feed the hungry, how to protect her siblings and let no harm come to them. This is why we need a good woman to come to our rescue with all of our former presidents, 44, that have all been men. We cannot, we must not trust the presidency to them again. A worthy woman is valued far beyond pearls. She enjoys success of her dealings. She's not afraid of strenuous work. She reaches out her hands to the poor and extends her arm to the needy. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She opens her mouth in wisdom and on her tongue is kindly counsel. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She prepares herself for her task with great vigor and enthusiasm. She unselfishly shares with those who are less fortunate. This is why we need former Secretary of State Hillary Rodden Clinton for our next president in 2016. Hillary, don't let Satan with all his wiles and tricks save you. Keep on, Hillary. Keep on, Hillary. Go for it. We're backing you. Thank you. You can get poems by writing me at Post Office Box 558, Lenolan, Pennsylvania, 19036. I will send you out free poems and a book list of all my prices on the books that I have published. Again, that's Post Office Box 558, Glen Olin. Pennsylvania, 19036. And thank you, thank you very much. All right, until next week. Thank you, Catherine. Have a good day. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your daily dose of weird news. In a year, approximately 900 million trees are cut down to make the raw materials needed for American pulp mills and paper. Remember when they said computers would introduce a paperless society? We use more paper now than ever. So to save the rainforests, destroy your computer and switch back to legal pads. 
Police in Oklahoma say they intercepted a package last week containing a stuffed Easter bunny filled with two pounds of meth. The bunny had an estimated street value of $30,000. And the meth was worth a lot, too. Afraid of working in the missions field? If you own a computer, you're already there. A new study finds that the Internet is emerging as a witnessing tool in the United States. A study by the Pew Research Center found that one in five Americans shares their faith online, and that would include yours truly. And in a typical week, nearly 50% of U.S. adults see someone else share their faith online. Generationally, younger people, ages 18 to 29, were approximately twice as likely to see somebody sharing their faith online as were adults ages 50 and over. Meanwhile, Southern Evangelical Seminary President Dr. Richard Land says online evangelism is critical to reaching the unreached and will be central to fulfilling the Great Commission. He adds, sharing one's faith online is perhaps the best way to reach many younger people with the gospel, and it may be the only way to reach those in foreign nations that have governments and cultures hostile to the gospel. So, poking someone on Facebook is kind of like laying on of hands. New sophisticated computer animation technology is allowing Hollywood studios to use the likenesses of dead actors on screen. Coincidentally, also making them meet Chicago's stringent voting requirements. Microsoft will phase out Internet Explorer beginning with Windows 10. According to NPR, the news came at the Microsoft Convergence Conference. Officials also announced IE's replacement, Project Spartan. Although it could change before launch, they say the new browser will come with a special reading mode, a more streamlined layout, and new annotation tools that work with keyboards or pens. Internet Explorer will linger on for a bit, though. In Windows 10, some versions will keep the option to use IE in order to work with older programs and devices. Can you imagine a world without Internet Explorer? What do you think? Good? Bad? Or, I'm a Mac user and I want to see the world burn! I guess that would actually apply to uh, Firefox users as well. The economic forecast calls for summer gas prices to be their lowest in years, just the time when Americans like to hit the road, which means I'm doomed to spend all summer with my drapes closed hiding from relatives. While many factors make up human self-identity, most Americans agree the primary factor that makes up their identity is family. According to a new Barnett report, nearly two-thirds of Americans say their family makes up a lot of their personal identity. So, if you have a strong identity and love your life, you can look to your family for that. If you have a lousy identity and a terrible life, you can look to your family for that. A two-year-old Rottweiler who lost his paws when he was left out in the Colorado cold as a puppy is learning to walk on prosthetics for all four legs. Brutus received the prosthetics through donations of hundreds of animal lovers. New owner, Laura Aquilina, says the ultimate goal is to give Brutus the gift of being a dog. And his robotic paws are going to shoot lasers! Elizabeth Sullivan of Fort Worth, Texas, says she has one doctor to thank for her long life, Dr. Pepper. She fell in love with the soft drinks trademark 23 flavors when she was in her 60s and now drinks three a day. Is there a doctor in the house? Why, yes, there is. Check the fridge. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news with the free Daily Dose of Weird News app for Apple or Android at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. 
While you're there, you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter, find me on Fiverr, see my blog, and more. That's DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Until next time, keep it real. Weird. I'm waiting to see what we're going to hear from Valerie Sun about our first potential female president. Um, and I don't know if it's because we really hadn't heard of anyone else um, competing or if we really will have a female president coming up or if we thought that was like the next natural thing to have happen. We'll see. How would you like access to a series of videos, each being one or two minutes long, that explain financial strategies you can actually use? Would you like to have passive income that exceeds your monthly bills? Would you like to know what to do with the extra money you've been saving? Let us show you how to make your money work for you in just 60 seconds. Sign up today at 60secondmoney.com. That's the number 60secondmoney.com. Abella Publishing presents Atiki the Hunter. It's a journey as Atiki and his magical dust can transform anyone into any animal in the forest. Atiki is the first African-American action hero, and he wants you and your child to join him on his adventure. This book is beautifully illustrated and gets children excited about reading. Visit www.abellapublishing.com to get a copy for your child today and be a part of this wonderful world of Atiki. www.abellapublishing.com is where you can order today. Stand up, speak up, fight back. Join Knapsack, the new social website with a purpose. Participate in ongoing debates and discussions you're most passionate about. Anyone and everyone can launch a petition. Enjoy healthy debates with our up-to-date political news. Let your voice be heard at knapsack.org. That's N-A-P-S-A-C-K.org. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh, this needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Whoa. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Let's talk about it. Be said. 
needs to be said. This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh, tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Greatness right now, you know? You ever just have one of those days where you just wake up and everything just goes your way for some reason and you just like, yo, you feeling, you just feeling like, man, you just feeling more <laughs> Yeah. Woke up this morning, saw the sun shining. Uh-huh. Had a good long sleep, so I was feeling no mighty. On top of that, had a stack of pancakes on my plate. Side of toast, home fried eggs, and bacon for the taste. So, of course, was feeling so marvelous. Uh-huh. Like, because a good breakfast looks gorgeous. Yep. Got the relaxed, chill, bathing water, riches. Uh-huh. How I felt inside, my life felt fixed up. No drama after eating that good meal. Uh-huh. Showering, I bump my music loud as hell. Yeah. No one seems to complain for once. Okay. Had the peace to do my heart, not restrained for much. So uh-huh. At this point, it's marvelous. It's usually followed by just BS. So I said to myself, let's just enjoy this. Have a drink, sit back and sing this. It got me feeling so marvelous, man. It's so marvelous. I said this beat got me feeling so marvelous, guest on today, Ms. L. Luna, and the book is The Crossroads of Should and Must, Find and Follow Your Passion, so you guys know I'm all over this. About the author, she loves to paint, design, and write. She also runs a textile venture, the Boulan Project, a collaboration between designer and master, boutique artist in Bali, and has previously worked as a designer at IDEO and with teams on apps and websites, including Medium, Mailboxes, iPhone app, and Uber, Ms. Luna speaks to groups around the world sharing the story of the crosswords of should and must and lives in San Francisco and online at lluna.com. So at this time, she's going to share with us, of course, how this book came to be and, you know, how to follow your passion. What are her tips for them? Welcome to This Needs to Be Said, Ms. Luna. How are you? Hi, it's wonderful to be here. I'm great. Thank you for having me. 
Now, when I got the opportunity to interview you, anything dealing with someone following their passion, all you had to do was write passion on the cover, and I would have screamed, I need to interview her. So I want to know for yourself, like, what was your journey to this crosswords of should and must? You know, it started in the most unlikely of places. It really all began with a dream that I was having at night when I would go to sleep. I had this recurring dream night after night where I would walk into this white room that had concrete floors, tall white walls, warehouse windows running the length of one of the walls, and a mattress in the back on the floor. And I would sit in this room and, wow, the most profound sense of peace would flow through me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Eventually, I was telling a friend about this room, and she asked a question that totally flipped my my life inside out and upside down. She said, have you ever thought about looking for this room in real life? Now, I have never had a dream and then gone about looking for it in real life, but I decided to give it a shot because it sounded a little bit, I don't know, interesting. And I started looking for it on Craigslist. Eventually, I found this room in real life, the actual room from my dreams, and on my very first night there, I recreated this moment where I you know, was sitting on the floor, looking around. But instead of being filled with that peace, I began to panic unexpectedly. And uh. I thought, what's going on? What, what am I doing here? And I literally said out loud, why am I here? And the room replied back to me and said, it is time to paint. And at that time, I had a job in tech. I was working as a designer building iPhone apps. And here I was receiving this message that my life was about to go on a big, wild adventure. Wow, I can relate to that. When I had that moment, first I had the moment of relief when I left my job to pursue my passion. But then the next thing was, God, what have I done? (laughs) So I can identify with that. So when you got the message it was time to paint, it's already something that you love to do. What was it that you painted? And I want to describe before you answer that question, the book cover of The Crossroads of Should and Must, Find and Follow Your Passion, it looks like artwork. And it's it's just, um, it looks, it, it, it makes me, it draws me in because it's just like it's swiped and um, it, it looks like I'm I'm in the process of creating. It doesn't look finished. It looks like I'm in the process of creating and mentally I'm thinking which way to go um, with this. And this is just the book cover and the inside cover that I'm talking about. So it does give um, that artist in the beginning phases feel. But for yourself, did you know what you were going to paint at first? Like, you know, what came? You know, when I was young, I thought that I should grow up and be a lawyer. I come from a long line of lawyers and that was really where I thought my journey was headed. You know, I should I should do this too. And the idea of painting, even though I was doing it all the time, it never just really crossed my mind as something that I could actually do and something that um, that I could really make my life full time and get creative with how I made money, but really just pursue this painting thing. It, it never crossed my mind. And eventually, when I had this profound experience with this white room, um, I decided to take a step away from uh, my job uh, as a designer making iPhone apps and, and, and give it a ting full time. And wow, it's, there's this wonderful moment Joseph Campbell says in an interview with Bill Moyers. He says, um, if you follow your bliss, doors will open where there were no doors before. There's this wonderful belief that um, that whatever you're looking for is looking for you too. And, and the journey will unfold. It just needs you to take that first step to 
to do that one thing that gets you going on the path. Wow. Explain the crossroads to me. I'm looking at a street sign, and one way says should and one way says the must. So give me give me some definitions, like why did you choose that? What is that symbolic of? Should is one direction that we can live our lives. And um, when we choose should, we are choosing to live our lives for someone or something other than ourselves. Should is essentially how other people want us to live um, our day-to-day lives. And mm-hmm. we get to choose should every time we make a decision. We can choose to go that route, which is obviously um, a little bit easier sometimes and can and can be very friendly and pleasant and, and pleasing. Or we can go the other way, which is must. And must is really different from should. Must is who you are what you believe, what you know to be true when you are alone with your truest, deepest, most authentic self. And mm-hmm. must is, is, I think it, it, it probably lives right next to passions and convictions and our urges and desires. And these things are oftentimes inexplicable and, and undeniable. And um, choosing must isn't always easy. It, it can sometimes be oh. very difficult. It sounds like you had an experience much like this in your own life. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that, but I want to know, like, what were some of the things for you that made it a difficult thing for you to choose must at first? Well, by all accounts, things were going very well with my job, with my career. And uh-huh. this is around the time where I discovered a TED Talk by artist and designer Stefan Sagmeister, where he defines the difference between jobs, careers, and calling. This was really profound for me because I had never thought about them as different things. A job, he says, is something done nine to five, typically done for pay. A career is a system of advancements through time, and a calling is something that we do for intrinsic motivation, regardless if we get paid. And the question that I began to ask, and I would urge others to ask, is uh, which of these do you have in your life uh, across your projects, your work, both paid and unpaid? Because I think it would be a mistake if we all automatically assumed that our jobs or even really our careers are also our callings because that's not always the case. And that was certainly the situation where I found myself. And, and on that day when we had this launch, there was the crossroads right in my face, two different mm-hmm. directions to paint or to stay making apps. And they were different, and I had to choose. And I decided to give it a go to see if see if I could make it work. And and that was that was the big the big scary moment of, of putting in my notice to leave, and then I quit. Because there was no reason, like there wasn't like you know your money wasn't bad or your job. You, so that does make it more difficult. Everything's going fine, and here you are. Why would you leave? So <laughs> I want to know what like what was the reaction you received when you made this um, hard right turn for yourself? Well, the people who were closest to me were very concerned. <laughs> the okay. um, Everything for the path and journey that I was on was, was a little bit more known. And to say that I'm going to go into a room that I had a dream about and make some paintings, even though I haven't really ever done that, was very scary. Um, I mean, I guess done that in a more serious sense. And... Um, I found that the people who are very close to me just wanted me to thrive. And, and I find this more and more as people take daring steps in their lives. It's often the people who are closest to them who really just want to make sure that they're okay 
and that mm-hmm. they're they're going to be okay and they're going to be able to pay the rent and put food on the table, which is also, yeah. if you're choosing must, something that you care about a great deal as well. Now, what advice do you give someone who's listening right now who's at this crossroad of should and must? Because I hear people say all the time, I have kids to feed, I got bills to pay, life is happening, I don't have time to get off and live my dream or do what I'm most passionate about. What advice do you have? Oh, wow. I would say that we all have obligations. We all have commitments. And if you want to find your must, if you want to connect with it, you can and you can do it in really bite-sized ways. Start by just finding 10 minutes. That's it, 10 minutes to work on your must every day. And literally write it into your calendar. Schedule that 10 minutes. Why doesn't it happen? Well, a lot of times we don't make time for must in our lives because we're just so busy, and we're addicted to being busy. But if you begin to carve out 10 minutes maybe while you're waiting for the the tea kettle to boil or 10 minutes while you're waiting in the carpool line. If you get creative about where you find that 10 minutes, you'll begin to find it popping up all over the place. Okay. Talk to me about writing to obituaries. What is your advice about that? Oh, wow, writing to obituaries. Well, this is a great um, this is a great story that uh, Roz Savage, a friend of mine, shared where she was in her 30s. She was a management consultant uh, living in London, had, you know, essentially the big life. And she sat down, and on her first obituary, she wrote what her obituary would be if she continued on the path she was on. On the second piece of paper, she wrote about the life that she wanted to have. And when she saw the enormous distance between these two scenarios, she decided that she needed to take some action in her life. Looking at the life that she wanted, she decided to step away from her job in management consulting. She had always loved the water, and she wanted to learn how to row. So she bought a boat and set about learning to row and eventually was a solo woman to voyage across the Atlantic Ocean, all because she sat down and wrote two versions of her obituary. And that makes a big impact. I'm going to definitely post that out on the This Needs to Be Said fan page. I want to know what my listeners think about, you know, this for themselves. What would your life look like? And and right now it's just imagination. And if it, what would your, you know, tombstone say and what would the people say at your funeral, all of that stuff. So that is Ooh, um, that's going to be enlightening, to say the least, um, for many people. And I'm even going to do it, though I'm living my dream. Um, if I don't think bigger than what I'm doing now, I wonder what that would look like as well. This has been great. Now, you talk about you leaving your job to paint, but we're here because of a book interview. So talk to me about how the crossroads of should and must uh, find and follow your passion came about. Well, after I had stepped away, I had been painting for about a year, and I I met a lot of other people who were following their passion very, very wonderfully, and I learned so much from them. Specifically, it wasn't so much the answers as much as it was the really insightful questions that were surfacing for them. And so I decided to put all of those questions together into a blog post, and I put it up online about a year ago. And within two weeks, that blog post was tweeted to over 5 million people and read by over a quarter of a million readers. And, wow, I just knew there was something there. There was something about this message that really was speaking to people. 
So I decided to extend it into a book. And literally one year to the day of the original post, the book came out. And that is what you're holding now, an extension on that original post that um, so many folks have picked up and read and, and, and helped me extend into this entire book. Well, Miss Luna, lluna.com, we're talking with the author of The Crossroads of Should and Must and Find and Follow Your Passion. Let me say that again, The Crossroads of Should and Must Find and Follow Your Passion with L. Luna. And you want to go out to her website as well as any of the major um, retailers that have books. You can pick up your books there. But you want to follow her, um, her work, her blog, you definitely want to head out to her website. Now, before we go, because it's time for us to wrap up this interview, do you have any closing words for the This Needs to Be Said audience? Wow, I think one thing that has to be said is that just because we want to pursue our calling doesn't mean that we need to quit our job. Sometimes it's the opposite. And just because we do a lot of work for money doesn't make that work dirty or any less than the other work that we do. It is important to remember that there's dignity in all work, and you get to decide what's right for you and for your life. All right. Thank you so much, and much success with your book tour. Thank you, Catherine. All right, our next special guest for today is Joseph Canty of the Chris Canty Foundation. He would like to invite you to the Community Golf Classic, and he's going to be here today with us to tell us all about it, the who's, the when, the why, the how, the everything to get involved with this event and who it supports. So at this time, I'd like to welcome to This Needs to Be Said, Mr. Joseph Canty. How are you? How are you? How are you, Catherine? How things been? How was your Easter? Thanks. Things are good. Easter was very relaxing. Like I, I didn't do a whole lot. What about you? How was it for you and your family? Oh, uh, it was, it was great. Um, I had a chance to take my son um out to the East Egg Road at the White House and just, just thankful. Time cool. of year, great weather. So you know, everybody's got to be happy right now. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be your condition. That's those are the rules. You cannot, for the next six months, be irritated about anything. <laughs> you, you have a wonderful event coming up. Um, with the Chris Canty Foundation. Give us a little bit of background on the foundation, how that started, who it supports, and then tell us about this community golf classic. Uh, the foundation was started off as a mantra of sowing seeds in good soil. And what that means for us is community service, helping others realize their value in the community just as something simple as sweat equity, giving their time. And so many people often think that they, in order to help a foundation or help somebody, they have to give them something of monetary value. We wanted to make that simple. We wanted to make it easy. So we said, look, you know, you hear it time and time again. What can I do to help? And we said, look, just come give an hour of your time. And that's really how the foundation started. And it started with a challenge between my brother and myself of starting a youth football camp. And it has blossomed into now a full-on nonprofit organization where we serve youth of all backgrounds and ages focused on academics, um, exposing them to academic opportunities, after-school programming, conferences, things where they discuss relationships, dating violence, you know, healthy healthy habits, staying in shape mentally and physically, community service, and then also getting their parents involved and community partners around these kids to give them the resources and give them a leg up in life. So that's who we are mm-hmm. as a foundation, and that's, that's where we started. 
All right. And not only do you do the community cleanup, but you do different charitable events, which is why you're here today. So talk about that golf tournament that's coming up. Speaking of the cleanup, um, the cleanup, it's, it's all a culmination of a weekend. It's a weekend of service for the Chris Canty Foundation here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And on starting on Saturday is where, well, Friday it kicks off, but we actually go to our partner school, Mary Oaks Elementary, and where Chris will actually do a pep rally for the cleanup, where we actually will also host a small cleanup on Mary Oaks Elementary School's campus Saturday as well. But we'll do a community garden, and we'll do some landscaping around campus just to beautify the campus a little bit for the students, give away some gifts, and just try to get the kids and their parents more involved in the community as well as the foundation. Then on Saturday we, I mean, then on on um, excuse me, then on Saturday we actually have the cleanup for change. But we'll be working um off of the campus of John C. Smith University. Um, that's from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then to finish everything up for the weekend, we won't be doing anything on Sunday. But on Monday, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Old Sycamore Country Club, which is located in Mint Hill, North Carolina, on the outskirts of Charlotte. We will host the Community Golf Classic. It's the first fundraising of this type that we've actually hosted in the Carolinas, and we're excited about it. And we, we're going to have a good turnout. We're going to have a really good turnout. We've gotten a great response, but we can always use more support. So that's why I'm here today, to, to garner more support for that event. Um, it's $425 for a foursome. Uh, we, it's a great price. Um, you get a lot for it. You get lunch and dinner and a light breakfast. And you also have a chance to meet and greet with some of our city leaders, the police chief, Chief Marty Monroe will be there, a couple of special guests like Thomas Davis, um, a Carolina Panther, and former and current still professional football player Steve Smith will be there, and some other notable athletes from around the area and around the country. Um, so we're excited about it, and we're looking for more people to come out and play golf with us, play around the golf, and, hey, they can come out and try, to t- try their luck with me. I'm not the worst golfer, but I'm not the – I'm not the best either, so maybe someone come out and just have some fun with me. <laughs> I've so heard a lot of like people come out there that has no clue. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about me and my brother saying we, we'd like to try our hand playing golf with them, and they could. We'd love to see that happen, and it's all for a great cause. Come out and challenge some golfers, and, and there'll be, a, be a, some other great um, athletes out there that play golf as well consistently, and also some professionals that will be out there just to support. We can't thank um, Hickory Baycam, I mean, Honey Baycam enough, excuse me, for sponsoring our lunch. And then we have Home Depot also sponsoring our arm course um, beverages along with Budweiser. So we've got some great partners that have come around this event. And also to make it interesting, Liberty Mutual has a $1,000 cash prize for one of the holding one contests. But there's many contests throughout the day. So I think anyone who wants to invest in the community, this is a great way to do it because there's an opportunity to win a prize on every single hole throughout this tournament. So there's 18 opportunities to win something. You can win one wow. Mercedes, a $1,000 cash prize, a couple of nice you know, trips and getaways if you have a significant other or a spouse, um, some things for your children, you know, autographs, sports memorabilia, the list goes on and on. So we're we're excited about it. This is this is huge, and I'm I'm glad that you brought this to the This Needs to Be Said audience to share with them how they get involved and what is being offered there. Not only are they receiving opportunities to win on every hole on the course, but they're giving to a worthy cause. They're helping the young people in the community get a hand up, as you said. Where do they reach out to you? Uh, they reach out to us on chriscantyfoundation.org. That's our website. 
or they can do it in the shorthand, which is ccfkids.org. That's ccfkids.org. They can also um, email us through the website, and you can also find us on Eventbrite. It's the Chris Canty Foundation Community Golf Classic. And, Catherine, you brought up a point that's really important to us. This is about the community, and that's why this tournament was named that. It is the Community Golf Classic. People will not only – there's the celebrity aspect, but we wanted to make sure that this community, this tournament represented those leaders in the community that are not only philanthropic in their work, but also their service on their everyday jobs. So you know, you have police officers, firemen, EMTs, some of our um, city elected officials that will be out there to support this event, not so much because of the Chris Canty Foundation, but because of greater Charlotte community. And we're happy and proud to be a part of that opportunity to really just let people know that, hey, these people do care and they're doing some great things outside of the Chris Canty Foundation. Absolutely. And that says a whole lot because, I mean, celebrities can, I think, could just go on, you know, being celebrities. They work hard to get there, but to reach back and to sow into the lives of other people just for the, the sake of helping them get a hand up says a whole lot. And so your brother and you, this organization as a whole, you guys must know that you are doing good work in the community. And I know there's so much more that you all want to do, but I want to let you know that I applaud your effort for what you've done so far and what you are continuing to strive to do. So I thank you um, for doing that because there's so many young people that would go without if there were not organizations like yours out there to give them new experiences and to support them and just give them um, experiences that they wouldn't have because their their childhood is not offering them that, you know. So you guys are doing an awesome work. So, again, thank you for that. Thank you for, for um, having me on. And, and something else I do want to make sure people know, you asked how they can get in contact with us. For those people that yes. love social media, we are on Instagram as the Christianity Foundation. You can find us on our YouTube channel. We have quite a bit of content just to let people know who we are as an organization. We're on mm-hmm. Facebook and we're on Twitter. And so you can always find um, messages and updates on pretty consistently as well as Facebook. And we'd love for people to reach out to us. Send us a message. Um, tweet out what information you may see. That's the way people can help us. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. And there's also, if you go to our website, there's a text-to-give opportunity to donate. So if people wanted to go on our website and find that information there, we'd love for them to consider making a donation, but would also donate your time. So there's always a ton of ways to get involved through our literacy programs. They can volunteer their professional services or even just help us spread the word through social media to get others to take action and support this foundation. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. Absolutely. You're welcome. Much success with your event, and that is coming up this weekend, right? That is all coming up this weekend. That will be from the 17th through the 20th. All right. Well, thank you so much. Much success on your journey. Thank you so much for having me on this need to be said. You're welcome. This needs to be said.
a super plan, gonna be a rich man soon. Got a rocket in my pocket, fly you curly to the moon. And I would be the only one that would come your way. See, my name is Bush Love You, and have a nice day. at a bar. The man now faces a $1,000 fine and a year in jail, where he'll only get to use the phone every other Thursday. 
Engineers have created an exoskeleton boot that allows you to walk with less energy. And thank heavens! Now I can walk home from the donut shop without fear that I might accidentally burn off all those delicious calories. While Ted Cruz was the first major candidate to file for the race for United States President, and now we have Rand Paul, Ted was nowhere near close to the first declared presidential candidate. In fact, he was the 194th, according to an NPR news report interviewing one of the many newly filed candidates. Filling out the necessary paperwork takes about four minutes. All you have to do is fill out a one-page form called the FEC Form 2. If you want to receive campaign contributions that eventually will total more than $5,000, you double the number of forms, filling out one more, FEC Form 1. By this time next year, we'll have more people running for president than are eligible to vote. Despite no one on the Democratic ticket yet making their candidacy official, according to a new CNN poll, Hillary Clinton leads her potential Democratic rivals for the presidential nomination by an impressive 47%. She leads her closest rival, Joe Biden, by a margin of 62% to 15%. Her closest rival is Joe Biden? The chances are better of winning the lottery while being struck by lightning during a shark attack than Biden winning a presidential election. How about we save everybody time and just give Hillary the nomination now? Don't believe what you're hearing from the White House about how great the negotiations with Iran are going. An Iranian general was just quoted as saying that Israel's destruction is non-negotiable. Not to worry, though. I'm sure John Kerry will figure out a way to talk them down to half. Meanwhile, in nearby Iraq, 20 male Islamic State soldiers were caught sneaking off the battlefield in women's clothing. Good news for ISIS, who now only has to pay them 77% as much. The owner of the Albuquerque, New Mexico home that was used as Walter White's residence during the production of Breaking Bad would like tourists to stop tossing pizzas on her roof. Are you serious? Because free pizza. Firefighters arriving to distinguish a house fire on Detroit's west side on Saturday smelled more than just burning wood. Says Battalion Chief Randy Gibson, we smelled something, then we found it. Some marijuana in the house. Lots of marijuana. <laughs> and, and then we laughed and laughed and laughed. And, and then we got in the mood for some munchies and... We completely forgot to put out the fire. <laughs> In England, Kai Thomas collapsed last June after a massive brain hemorrhage. Doctors performed a six-hour operation to release pressure on his brain. To aid his healing, he was then put in a medically-induced coma. After waking up, Kai initially could not talk or walk, but once he regained the power of speech and movement, his mother noticed an immediate change in his personality. He had developed strange compulsions. Cheese started missing from the fridge, and he was swearing a lot. Kai's mom says it's not uncommon to find him working his way through a whole block of cheese. Heck, for me, that's called Saturday. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news with the free Daily Dose of Weird News app for Apple or Android at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Until next time, keep it real. Weird. When I need to hear what needs to be said, I tune in to This Needs to Be Said. This is Dana Sidberry, owner of MotivationMarketingFirm.com. Boom.
Are you single, looking for your next date? Then you need to visit the new My Online Dating Club. The club offers free sign-up, stunning profiles, searching and messaging, great support, forums, photo and video galleries, blogs, and more, all 100% free. Find them at myonlinedating.club. That's myonlinedating.club. As a promotional offer, the first 5,000 members will also receive HD video chat and more, free for life. The club respects your privacy and security, leaving you to enjoy their services. So sign up today at myonlinedating.club. The Inertia and Gravity Clothes Hanger is an invention that would enable you to hang your clothes much faster and easier than any other conventional clothes hanger. It would literally take two seconds to hang a shirt on the Inertia and Gravity Clothes Hanger and just one second to remove it from the hanger. But we need your support to make this amazing invention a reality and to be able to put the Inertia and Gravity Clothes Hanger into production and make it available to everyone. To help support, please go to gofundme.com forward slash invention dash hanger that's gofundme.com forward slash invention dash hanger Royal Destiny Salon and Spa where you are royalty specializing in children's hair natural weaved and relaxed hair looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks but also how healthy it feels, then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724 724- Seven three four eight zero four three. This is Poetic Grace, and when I need to hear what needs to be said, I tune into This Needs to Be Said. And it's 
should not be so easily thrown away. This is your girl, Kawana Jackson, and I'm rocking with Katherine Waddell on This Needs to Be Said. It's Aisha Martin of A. Martin Group and Precious Gems Worldwide. And when I need to know what's going on, I tune in to This Needs to Be Said. It's all here. This is your girl, Jennifer Dunstan, and I am rocking with This Needs to Be Said. Take a listen to my new single, Get Lit. Something sexy for you Yes, you heard me, baby Just for us two Cause the world goes on in here No passes, all imagination Buckle up, get ready I'm pitching, are you catching? Everything you ever wanted Dreams coming true You love me long time So you gotta make it count Let's light up the talk Spark up this chemistry Wherever we are I just want So 
we light it up, up, magic moments. Flick the switch and keep, keep, keep it moving. I just wanna get it, baby, with you.
I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. In a new interview with Rachel Ray airing today, First Lady Michelle Obama revealed that she hasn't been behind the wheel of a car since before moving into the White House. Michelle says driving is actually one of the things she's most looking forward to doing after her husband's presidency ends. Sure, yeah, this makes her sound out of touch with regular people, but, but she more than makes up for it by spending $250,000 a night when on vacation. People with ears that stick out, they might feel self-conscious about how others perceive them. But according to a new study, while strangers do notice the ears, they don't make negative personality judgments based on them. So don't bother making that live-action version of Dumbo, Tim Burton. It's pointless now. A Utah man got a surprise when he stopped to pull a large orange bag off I-80, fearing that it would become a traffic hazard. The 75-pound bag tumbled out of a truck driving in front of Dan Kennedy, and when he looked inside, he found stacks of cash. Kennedy, who says it never occurred to him to do anything other than turn in the money, tried but failed to chase down the Brinks armored truck that had lost the bag. He then drove the money to his work parking lot and called the police. This would be me chasing down a Brinks truck. Uh, excuse me, uh, Brinks truck, don't drive away. Oh, darn, they can't hear me. Oh. A Minnesota man who gave his neighbors a set of knives for Christmas has been charged with burglary after he allegedly stole the knives back. Alfred Joseph Grissero was arrested after allegedly breaking into the neighbor's home to take back the knives because the neighbor did not appreciate his gift. Something else they didn't appreciate? Having their house broken into by a psychotic neighbor wielding knives. McDonald's is introducing its biggest burger, the Sirloin Third Pounder, because you still have one unused notch left on your belt. A cat that vanished in South Carolina two years ago is going home after ending up nearly 2,000 miles away in Southern California. Kevin, the orange tabby, is leaving Palm Springs after disappearing from Anderson, South Carolina in 2013. The cat turned up early this month inside a U-Haul trailer a woman had driven across the country. During a routine inspection, meowing was heard from inside the U-Haul. The driver says she didn't know Kevin was inside. The dehydrated cat was taken to a shelter as microchip helped track down owner Cheryl Walls, who jokes that Kevin the cat has seen more of the country than her. Cheryl's husband, Carl, the last one to see the cat, seemed visibly shaken at the news that Kevin was found and is being returned. A pizzeria in St. Paul, Minnesota, was allegedly a front for a marijuana-dealing family. Police have identified four suspects, including the owner, his mother, and grandmother. They were each charged with conspiracy to sell marijuana, cocaine possession, engaging in business of concealing criminal proceeds, and illegal possession of a handgun by a felon. Authorities began investigating Papa Dimitri's Pizza last August after getting a tip that the restaurant was rarely open and didn't seem to do a lot of business. Yet all the employees were driving Lincoln Navigators, Caddies, and Hummers. Go figure! From Georgia comes word that Gilbert the Goose is on the mend at a wildlife center after being found recently with a dart through his head. Gilbert is expected to make a full recovery. Plus, he doesn't lose any income from missing work because his buddy convinced him to sign up for Aflac. 
That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news with the free Daily Dose of Weird News app for Apple or Android at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. Until next time, keep it real. Weird. All right, we've had a triple dose of Daily Dose of Weird News. We've heard from a few special guests, two special guests, Joseph Canty of the Chris Canty Foundation. So those of you who think that you might be able to channel your inner Tiger Woods or um, Nick Mickelson or any of the pro golfers, Arnold Palmer, you want to be able to channel that in or even your – your putt-putt energy, if you want to be able to channel that this weekend coming, you can connect with them at the Chris County, Chris County Foundation and get registered. And bring three other buddies with you so that you can have a great time. He said you'll get a light breakfast, lunch, and dinner included with the the fee. So head on over to Chris Canty. Let me say the word right, org so that you all can get registered. And actually what you're doing while you're having a great time, you're supporting their community work. They're going to do a community cleanup as well as they do tutoring for young people over at Mary Oaks Elementary. And we also talked with the lady, the author of The Crosswords of Should and Must. And for all of you who know I love when you live your dream, it's always a, a hard place to be because you're thinking about I have kids to feed, I have bills to pay, life is happening, and what if? What if something bad, terribly bad happens because I stepped out here to live my dream? And then she talked about what you must do. You must live your dream. You must do what you are designed for. So this is an awesome book. Um, Luna.com is her website, so you can follow her blog and her work. She's an artist, painter, but she's written this book to help others to take a chance on themselves to do what they were designed to do. We're going to get ready to hear from Valerie's son in just a little while about politics and the big news or the big thing in news is something I think we've seen coming along the way. But Hillary Clinton is uh, going to be running for president again. So we're going to take a short break as we get ready for Valerie's son to join us in just a moment as he's going to get us up to speed on what's going on with Hillary Clinton and what else has been happening in the week of politics since we spoke with him last. Oh, one more thing. Head over to thisneedstobesaid.com. We're offering free classes free personal and professional development classes. If you've already registered, tell a friend to register as well because we want to help you have your best version of your life. And what better way than to uh, invest in you by helping you land that interview, that that job you want by acing the interview or helping you with natural um, products that you may want like deodorant. Uh, We want to help you improve your love life. Uh, there are so many different things, and we have some other ones that are up and coming. I can't wait to share them with you. As soon as we confirm them, I will share them. But we have about nine classes out there right now. This needs to be com. Go to the course catalog, and you will find out what we are offering so you can register. They are free. They're always going to be free. These business owners are coming to share their knowledge with you. So you don't want to miss this. Classes are starting on tomorrow night. Oh, 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 oh,
Chris Canty, founder of the Chris Canty Foundation and 11-year NFL pro. I want to encourage everybody in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area to come out and to participate in the fourth annual Chris Canty Foundation Historic West End Cleanup for Change. It'll be on April 18th, staged at Johnson C. Smith University. Registration begins at 8 a.m. To find out more information about how you can get involved, go to www.chriscantyfoundation.org. want to compose you, write you into my sheets like Gershwin, craft midnight music with my fingertips, then place lyrics on your skin with my lips, intro insatiable, 16 kiss verse, hooked on your exhale, 16 stroke verse 2, anticipation bridges one minute to the next, 16 stroke verse again, orgasmic outro, classical, you are my rhapsody in blue. Clearing house check. I subscribe. 
subscribe to the hope that you'll be delivered to my door. Make my heart financially secure. I'm tired of paying for past mistakes. You are my winning lottery number. I buy scratch cards and dig through the wall you put over your heart with this hopeless pity. It has a hole where the wish of you has eaten through. Seems pointless, but it's all I have left of you. You are my job interview. I want to work for our love and hope that I've answered all your questions. I know this position comes with benefits. I want to retire in your arms. You are my dust. You are a light fading over a distant horizon, leaving me in darkness. Night is your fear of taking this leap of faith with me. I'll be waiting for dawn. So why are you so happy? I mean, come on over here and sit down. I mean, I, I, I don't understand what's going on. Getting late. What you got to be so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We're getting ready to talk politics with Valerie Sun. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. The big news is Hillary for president. That's what I'm well, hearing. Maybe not president, but she certainly has put her name in the hat. And she is one of the candidates we can But on series, she is the uh, leading Democratic candidate right now. She is the first official Democratic candidate to uh, put her name into the hat, so to speak. And it certainly was no surprise in the news because we had spoken here many times on the show. And it had kind of been the word out for a while that uh, Ms. Clinton was, in fact, going to seek the presidency. She did it. 
kind of, I guess, the new age way of doing it. She did it on a barrel where you actually had to be on the computer or, of course, uh, see the dialogue for her to actually make the announcement as opposed to stepping up and actually doing it kind of traditional way, the way that we saw that uh, um, Marco Rubio done it. But uh, that is the official thing from the Democratic Party that, uh, again, who we many suspected the old time and believed the old time would be the leading candidate in Miss uh, Hillary Clinton. She has certainly now put her name in the hand, and I, everyone, every other Democrat now is going to kind of fall in line, and we'll see how it goes from there. But, yes, she certainly has officially, uh, or she has made official, what we all have known for quite some time, that uh, she is, in fact, running for president, which, again, I think is a good thing because it's about not only did we know it, it was always expected, but it was who the party has really been pushing and telling us is going to be the candidate and putting before us for quite a while now. So, again, she's made something official that we already knew. On that same note, on the Republican side, where it's going to be very heated, it's going to be very similar to how we've had it the last two years on the Republican side because we've kind of known uh, the Democratic candidate. So now you're going to have, again, several Republicans putting their name into the hat. But right now, the most recent is that of Mario Rubio, who entered the race early today from uh, down in Miami uh, with the promise to move politics beyond the past, which kind of makes, uh, I guess, takes kind of a jab or a lighthearted jab at what uh, Miss Clinton said. Now, this, uh, who actually, the ironic thing about this, she once was his mentor, as was uh, another Republican we expect to get in, that being uh, Florida Governor Jeb Bush. Of course, of the Bush family, this is the brother of former President George Bush and the son of Papa Bush, as we call him here on the show. So we certainly expect uh, him and both of these guys are coming out of the state of Florida, but we certainly expect uh, his name to soon come in. Now, the key thing about Mr. Rubio is he's the first-generation Cuban-American. And, again, he's going to kind of face an uphill battle in the Republican nomination in his effort to reshape, how he says, the electoral views of the Republicans as a party. Now, the thing with Mr. Rubio is that he's 43 years old, and he spoke to his top donors um, a day after, again, Ms. Clinton had announced her being for the Democratic nomination, and she actually was traveling to Iowa for her first stop as a Christian candidate. Now, Rubio was a first-term Republican, again, from Florida, and uh, he told his most generous backers that he feels uh, definitely qualified to fix his party as one that would offend the American dream. Now, Rubio saw an opportunity to cast this uh, presidential name and put his name in the hat. He uh, said that one thing he's bringing is a fresh face and a new generation of leadership. Again, kind of throwing jabs at uh, Mr. Bush, who is 62 years old. And, of course, we all know Ms. Clinton is 67 years old, going to 68 years old. So age, of course, becomes a... Uh, always a factor, because the one thing that they can uh, kind of put out, and we all kind of remember how it was with uh, Senator John McCain when he ran against President Obama back in 2012. But age certainly was something that uh, that come up and that was mentioned. Now, Mr. Rubio outlined specific policy proposals, both on foreign and domestic issues, and he plans future presentations uh, once his campaign officially gets underway. So on Tuesday, his first day as a candidate, he was set to return to Washington for a very important Senate hearing on proposed deal with Iran and uh, its nuclear ambitions. Uh, and, again, we already know Senator Terry Cruz of Texas and Rand Paul of Kentucky have already put their names in to a field. Again, we expect to get at least 10, maybe more than 10 candidates. We talked about uh, Dr. Ben Carson. There are several names that are out, just a matter of making everything official. But, again, we expect this Mr. Crow. Practically every Monday I come home, there will probably be another name that has announced they're going to run for president. So that's kind of the fun thing each each four years that we do this. Because it gives you an idea to know about a whole lot of politicians that you may have known or did not know much about. Now they come to the light when they're running for president. So all the good, bad, and ugly, as they say, is going to all come out of all these candidates. And it's going to kind of help you narrow down and decide who it's like you're going to put your uh, 
support behind because, of course, we do know we will have a new president for facts uh, in 2016. But our current president is doing a great thing, so we could uh, do an applause, but we hit it now because once again he's going to return to Sean. He will be here on Wednesday. He will come and he's scheduled to speak at around 2.30 at a gathering of women in the media about working families, uh, working family issues and different strategies to do so. He's going to speak at Imaginon, which, of course, is the uh, Educational Library and Theater Arts Center here in downtown Charlotte. So, again, President Obama will make another visit to Charlotte. Of course, he was here for the Democratic Convention when he re uh, got his nomination back and was uh, officially appointed as a Democratic candidate for presidency. And he was here in 2014 when he spoke to a national convention at the American Legion. So he certainly is no stranger to coming to uh, the city of Charlotte. And again, he will make his uh, triumphal return, as we say, back to Charlotte. Um, one one thing that probably struck me the most is uh, this entire week. Of anything that I've seen in the news, of anything that I've read politically, something that uh, probably has affected me more on the good side than anything I've seen in a while with politics is what happened in Ferguson, Missouri. In Ferguson, Missouri, we do have good news reporting now, so everything in Ferguson is not bad. It's an excellent story. What happened is that voters came out in record numbers. They came out in numbers higher than they've come before. And in doing so, two black candidates were among the three people elected to the Ferguson City Council on Tuesday. That tripled the African-American representation in uh, Ferguson, which again the suburb of St. Louis, where, you know, they played by poor race relations, which has been a focal point after the incident that happened with uh, Mike Brown back in August. Now, this election means half of the six-member city council in Ferguson, which is a town where two-thirds of the 21,000 residents are black, would now be uh, African-American. Again, half of the city council being African-American. The lone black incumbent councilman was not up for re-election. So had these other people not run, there would not have been any black representation. The mayor, who could break any ties, of course, uh, is still white, but that's the only now. That's the only difference now with the board. You have three and three, and then again you have the uh, mayor. Again, until Tuesday, five of the six council members were white. The one who was African American, his time was up doing it. Now, voter turnout increased again substantially from the previous elections, following a strong get out the vote effort from labor unions and other national organizations. Just to give you an idea. The town that drew only about 12.3% of resident voters last April had a 29.4% turnout on last Tuesday. That's according to the St. Louis County Board of Elections. That was about double the overall turnout in St. Louis County, where Ferguson is located. So, again, you had twice. It went from 123 to 29.4, which still is very low, but it's significant compared to what it was before, especially in the African-American community. Now, unofficial results show, again, that Wesley Bell defeated another black candidate with the third ward. Ella Jones defeated another black candidate and two white candidates in the first ward. And Brian Fletcher, who actually the former mayor, who was white, won a second ward race against another white candidate. So voter turnout made a tremendous difference in Ferguson, which is what we stress so much here on the show. It's amazing when you come out at numbers, what exactly you can do, especially when you're all on one accord. And we had instances here where you had African-Americans who had never run before who now put their name in and said, I'm going to run for city council. You've already had people say they're going to run for school board. They're going to actually put their name in their hand and try to make a difference as an elected official. And now with the support of many African-Americans there in the community, you should at least see more faces, more change. Now, how exactly things go, that's always up to well, that's the official once they're in. But just to go into the meeting and actually see the representation be so different than they had been before, how things are an outstanding thing. Whatever that takes place in any area or any county, just the fact that you have representation of people who actually are out in the balance, they say, and actually in the midst of what's taking place, to actually have their names in and now be representatives of that area. I think, of, again, it's an outstanding thing. I can't think of a better thing that could happen. But it just gives you such a great example of what happens 
when you come out in numbers and when you come out and support candidates, then great things can happen again. Much of this started simply about word of mouth. People just simply said, I'm running for this. They go out, they start politicking, they start getting people involved, they start getting people on board. And all of a sudden, people who are already incumbents are not being ousted. Those people that were thinking of running are no longer running. And great change can certainly happen when, in fact, you come out and cast your vote. So that's just a great example. People who always say, I'm voting doesn't matter, who I vote for doesn't change anything. Here's one of the best examples I can give you of what happens when there's strong voter turnout because it changed the entire makeup of the city council that was really something that was should have been done years ago. But the only reason it wasn't because those who come out to vote were the same people voting all the time. So quite naturally, it's the same group of voters always come out. You're going to get the same people sitting in the seats. That's not really hard to figure out. So once you get new voters involved, now the plan or the, the hopeful goal is that these people will continue to be voters. And this will be something we'll be talking about 10 years from now, where the voter numbers have increased each year. Because there are a lot of towns and uh, areas like Ferguson across this country that are plagued by the same thing. Just no voter turnout. There's a place where you see 8% turnout, 10% turnout. So, again, when that happens, you're going to have the same people in over and over. And a bunch of people complaining about laws that are taking place in their city or in their area because the same people are making decisions. So I won't go on the soapbox. I won't go on the tangent. But it's always great when that takes place because, again, it just shows what can happen when you come out in numbers and you come out with great support. Now, um, a few things happening here locally in North Carolina. One is that a bill was actually filed last week that would ban schools from teaching students about the morning after birth control bill. I do think this is significant. I always try to give you who is saying this and what the bill is. Not only can you look this up yourself, but it gives you a general idea of what is taking place when a bill is actually uh, put forth. This is actually House Bill 596. Uh, it will also allow school districts to design their own sex education curriculum without any reviews by experts in the field. Our plan B, which of course we know is the morning after bill, is a widely available form of emergency contraception. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, uh, I want to say it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, made it available over the counter without a prescription. Now you have Representative Charles Whitmire, who represents our Transylvania County. He's a primary sponsor of the bill. He called Plan B a life-ending drug that can cause spontaneous abortions. He said on Monday he does not want North Carolina students to know anything about it. Uh, I guess the question we all would assume, if you want to know nothing about it, I guess you're going to take away the Internet access, take away the phones, and stop them from talking. But his plan is for them not to know anything about this. Current state law allows uh, instruction of FDA-approved contraceptives in sex education classes. So as we speak, this is being taught because, again, it is something that's been federally approved. Mr. Whitmire went on to say local districts should have the right to choose a values-based curriculum. And they said this bill will give parents more input. Because I also find kind of very interesting is you want to involve parents in exactly what their children are being taught in school in relation to sex education because there could be quite a contradiction in what a parent believes and what the school believes. So very interesting. And it's kind of interesting that we still talk about this now in uh, 2015, but it certainly is an issue that is being brought before the House in House Bill 596. Another thing kind of uh, involving schools is that uh, now students who are 16 and older will be guilty of felonies if they assault a teacher under a bill in the state education community is due to review this week. This is introduced as Senate Bill 343 and is being introduced by Senator Jerry Tillman out of Randolph County. And that would apply only to acts on school property. So, you know, there's a good thing about it to get your math teacher in school lines. It doesn't apply to that. As long as they're on school property and you're on school property, this is when this would take place. Now, the measure draw criticism from a number of advocacy groups that say a felony charge can haunt young people throughout their lives, affecting everything from college admission to housing to 
a lot of times job opportunities. Some may be considered assault. Don't actually involve physical contact. That's kind of where the gray line is. Although a charge more typically involves something more like glancing. Uh, there are those that are intimidated and those that make issues out of being glanced at, stared at, uh, making verbal threats. So it's not always necessarily an assault. Assault can be kind of a funny thing, which is what uh, Mr. Tillman kind of emphasized. Now, currently in North Carolina, 16-year-olds are prosecuted as adults for misdemeanors, and teens as young as 13 who commit a violent felony can be tried as adults. Most of us know that, but that is an important rule to know, which is kids. Uh, again, a child 13 who commits a violent felony can be tried as an adult. The measure can have a disproportionate, disproportionate impact on students with disabilities. Now, this thing is, according to the Department of Public Instruction, roughly half of the 13,000 assaults by students against school employees that took place in the 2013-14 school year recommended by exceptional students. Now, that label is applied to students, and it's really a broad spectrum of, of, of the ways that it's applied because it could range anywhere from someone with a vowel reading difficulty to someone with severe autism and anything in between. So it's always a tricky situation when an assault takes place and you're dealing with someone with disability. And I know many people are trying to get over there with 1,300 uh, assaults by students in one school year, but you're talking about throughout the state of North Carolina. Now, the report issued last week by the Center for Public Integrity kind of, I guess, amplifies and ramps up those numbers. It shows that while students with disabilities make up less than 15% of the student population, they account for a quarter of all cases referred to law enforcement. And African-American students who make up 26% of the student population make up 38% of the cases referred to police. And overwhelmingly, these are young African-American males. There's an overwhelming number that uh, show that that's the majority of the issues that are taking place. So you have kids with disabilities. You have males, really, young black males with disabilities that are making up a great number of the assaults that we have on uh, staff and the kids important to know staff is everyone that works at the school, not necessarily a classroom teacher. It could be someone working in the office or custodian, whoever that case may be. Student assaulting teachers is already a misdemeanor and it can be upgraded to a felony if there's bodily harm. Uh, while both misdemeanors and felonies are crime, certain employers, colleges, and even some rental agencies that I've been looking at and seeing, uh, even some of those tend to screen out for felonies doing background checks for potential students and residents. Now, the last thing on that is that North Carolina numbers of assault on school personnel. Uh, the data was collected by the public instruction, by the Department of Public Instruction, has increased from 834 back in 2004 to, again, over 1,300 this past school year. The number of assaults that result in serious injury have gone from 49 then to about 192. Africans say they want to keep teachers and others in the school safe, but this bill would do little towards their goal because, again, it would, it, it would tarnish the uh, name of so many individuals that are 16, 17 years old, and whatever may happen that day, whatever may take place based on some things we already know about the children. So these things always have to go before a board or a committee before they're passed, before they become law. But it certainly has been introduced and it's going to be reviewed this week. Um, before we go, one of the things we have to do, uh, of course, in light of what's taking place down at North Charleston, which I'm sure has been a talk at all. As I said, the water cooler talk. I don't know any job or anyone who has not discussed what took place down uh, in North Charleston last week. Sure, we've all seen the video and saw exactly what took place. As a result of that, or kind of in lieu of that, the uh, two bills in the House right now are going to require the majority of North Carolina law enforcement officers to wear and activate body cameras during certain interactions with the public. Now, one of the bills kind of had bipartisan support, quite the other one doesn't. You have Representative Edward Haynes, who's a Democrat out of Forsyth County, down in Winston Salem. He's a primary sponsor of both House bills, and this is House Bill 395 and House Bill 527. 
which essentially kind of have the same goal. And the goal is to put body cameras on about 60% of North Carolina officers by January of 2017 and to help pay for them. So, again, you're talking about 60%, which is the majority of the officers still on the street. And you're talking about it's taking place in 2017. So don't expect to get stopped here recently or in the next week or two, month or two, and see someone with a body camera. Now, both bills were set aside about $10 million over two years to provide $1 for every five that the department spent on purchasing cameras and retaining their records. But one of the House bills, going back to House Bill 395, goes a little further. It spells on how the cameras should be used and how the footage should be handled. The heads of law enforcement agencies kind of objected to this, saying that they are already working to it. So, again, Mr. Haynes introduced a second bill that stripped most of the policy language. It picked up two Republican sponsors. The House Bill 537 kind of goes further because it has bipartisan support that allows members of local law enforcement to kind of uh, – it's be uh, in charge of the policy. It's actually where they film and where the footage and everything goes. Now, a number of local law enforcement agencies, including those in Chapel Hill, Garner, and Durham, um, along with the Wake County Sheriff's Office, are actually testing and evaluating camera models right now. Police in Nightdale and Hillsborough are already using body cameras. Again, you have smaller areas. Agencies are also discussing when body-worn cameras should be turned on and off, which, of course, is a big part of it. It's actually when your camera's on, when it's off, because, of course, the longer it's on, the more deficiencies, the more things you can have, the more opportunities you use, all of those things are, are important. Um, and where exactly the recordings should be stored and how long it should be stored and how much access should the public have to these recordings should be something you need to go down and say, I want to see Officer Johnson's, you know, everything, or Officer Smith, I want to see everything he's done this week, this month, how available should they be. Wayne County Sheriff um, Donnie Harrison says his deputies start using body cameras within a year if the apartment can afford it which, of course, is a great thing. But he said the big expense is not the cameras. He said it's the cost to store and maintain the footage, which, of course, would be a, a uh, large factor in what's taking place. Because, again, if you have nowhere to actually store the footage or anything to do with it, well, you're going to have places to store. How long would you store? Where would you store? How long would you keep this? Where would you keep it? Are certainly the major factors in determining um, some of the funding. Because, again, you've got to have somewhere to house this, have it readily available. So there are a lot of things still to be worked out, but Again, in lieu of what's taking place, I'm certain there won't be any major cities here in the near year, next year or two, that will not, in fact, have body cameras on all of their on patrol officers, those we actually see out on the streets. Because, again, uh, those are things that take place. But, again, for this to take place, for this to happen, it's important that you know that these bills have to go through, have to be passed, and the people that we elect are, in fact, the ones making this happen and, in fact, the ones bringing this to light. So these are just some of the things that have taken place this week. Again, there's always political news, but I can't emphasize enough the importance of going out and voting as we get close to our main primary here. Knowing exactly who's running and what they're running for, but that can make sense of an enormous difference when you go out and vote. And being aware of many of these new laws that take place, because as I always say, when something happens to you or one of your loved ones, you can't ever holler. I didn't know that was a law. I didn't know this took place. Because I don't know you getting information here, but these are things you can clearly, they're readily available. Now that we're in the age where almost everyone has access to the Internet, it's one way, form, one form of passion. These are certain things you can find out, and certainly you should not ever walk around as totally oblivious to new laws that are taking place because you never know when it back that will affect you or one of your loved ones. So I guess in closing, it seems like I'm giving a speech, but in closing, as a news never week here, uh, I can't encourage you enough to watch the first five minutes of the news. Watch the, I would say now maybe the first three minutes, but reading the front page of many major news publications. Uh, going online and reading the front page of any newspaper, uh, you know, from the U.S. Today on down to your local or regional paper, and there's always going to be something taking place politically. There's always things that are evolving that are changing. The individual making decisions are changing. What they're deciding about is changing. And the only way to find this information out is to, of course, stay.
stay informed by looking at the news and reading information that comes on the paper. Because, um, again, it gives you such a great access to so much uh, new knowledge because this stuff takes place each and every day. And, again, there's never a, a dull moment once you kind of watch and see what's happening. The easiest way to contact me, as many people have done, is going to Talking Politics on Facebook. Once you go to Facebook, I'm sorry, you go to Valerie Sun, B-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. Uh, you're going to Valerie Sun, it will take you to the link of Talking Politics. On Talking Politics, you'll see some of the articles that we're going to discuss here in the future, but they come up each and every week, many things that are posted on there. We do see people now commenting on, posting, and talking about, which is always a great thing. So I certainly encourage you to go to uh Valerie Sun and then leave on to talk politics. And again, you see a lot of good information on there, and you have an access or so opportunity to uh, comment and say things. Going to my favorite app on the phone, which I do each and every day, is to go to the uh, This Needs to Be Said. And going to This Needs to Be Said, the elephant in the room, you click on the elephant, and you have an opportunity to listen to our recordings of this show as well as many other uh, people that come on here and share so many things over these airways, talk about everything from current events to news on down. So it gives you a great opportunity to do that by downloading this needs to be said on your phone, which covers about every phone now. So those are always the great ways to get in touch and stay informed of what's happening politically. Uh, again, not only in the, uh, in the United States, but in your area and in your region. Can okay, you just stop the blood blitz? <laughs> oh, man, I, I know we got to get it short on time, but I wanted to make sure I got a yep. few things in there that let you know about. You did. You definitely did. So they know how to get in touch with you. They got the best phone app in the world that they can download, and yes. Hillary Clinton is officially um, throwing her name in the hat as well as I know this is getting about that time when every week you'll come with some new candidates, <laughs> some right. new people throwing <laughs> the name in the hat. Thank you Absolutely. for um, – bringing that every week and um i gotta talk with you because we, we're getting ready to go back to tv and we're going to take the politics piece with us in a new way and i know you're going to love that so we definitely um we got to get together about that okay sure we will all right have a good one until next monday all right thank you thank you for joining us today we hope you've gained something from what has been shared Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.